This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting's 2FM radio stations in Michigan and the Midwest and Supertalk Mississippi Media's 12 radio stations in the South. We thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I'm Joel Sami, your co-host, joined by Natasha Sardorj, economist and co-founder of the International Leaders Summit, and our distinguished guest host, Governor Phil Bryant. America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C. brings together leading voices from business, government, media, technology, and the public policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, and Fireside. Visit iLeadersSummit.org. iLeadersSummit.org. This weekend on America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting in Michigan and the Midwest and Super Talk Mississippi Media in the South, we're delighted to welcome to this program an extraordinary leader and a great American, Governor Phil Bryant, a distinguished guest host of America's Roundtable. Governor Bryant served as Mississippi's 64th governor from 2012 to 2020 before becoming the state's chief executive Phil Bryant was Lieutenant Governor, State Auditor, and represented his legislative district in the Mississippi House of Representatives for five years. As Governor, the Honorable Phil Bryant led Mississippi in implementing transformational education reforms, promoting economic development, and advancing strategic trade missions, and building a competitive business climate that attracted major employers like Amazon, Yokohama Tire Corporation, Continental Tire. Governor Bryant serves on the Executive Advisory Board of International Leaders Summit, a distinguished guest host of America's Roundtable, and his spearheading initiatives at Brian Sanji Snell Global Partners, where he provides strategic advice and counsel and business development services to some of the world's largest industries. On this note, we extend to Governor Bryant a warm welcome. Welcome, Governor Bryant. Welcome, Governor Bryant. Yo, thank you so much, Natasha. It's great to be with you again. Always love being back on America's Roundtable Radio, and and particularly now that we're in Mississippi and in the South uh, with Super Talk, conservative radio station, and educational opportunities that we have there. 50 affiliates across Mississippi, 12 talk stations, 16 music stations, Super Talk TV, a real leader in the talk radio world here in the South. And now we have such a close association with them. And if I remember correctly, we'll be at 7.30 a.m. on Saturday morning. So We want everyone to listen to America's Roundtable. Well, indeed, we truly appreciate your principal leadership role, Governor Phil Bryant. And on this first year anniversary, we are just honored to be uh, in partnership with Super Talk Mississippi Media, and especially during this Passover and Easter weekend, to being expanding into 12 radio stations across Mississippi. It is truly a great honor. Absolutely. And, and this wonderful Holy Weekend, as you mentioned, so as I like to remind people, uh, Sunday's coming. Indeed. Uh, Governor Bryant, Americans are able to move out of stricter lockdowns with the vaccinations delivered, thanks to President Trump's leadership through Operation Warp Speed in getting protective gear to hospitals, cutting bureaucracies, investing in vaccines, and streamlining the vaccination approval process. In fact, nearly 3 million Americans received a COVID-19 vaccine going into the last day of December 2020, and by January 14, 2021, vaccine rollout neared 1 million doses per day. This was unthinkable 
available. As experts were saying, we would not have a vaccine until the summer of 2021. Thanks to President Donald J. Trump, we had a great head start in vaccinating people, including Joe Biden, who received his first vaccination on December 21, 2020, along with 3 million Americans in December 2020. And Governor Bryant, we're experiencing a plethora of public policies and executive orders coming from Washington, D.C. that have impacted jobs with tens of thousands of jobs lost to executive orders that canceled the Keystone XL pipeline, the increase in gas prices, the humanitarian and national security crisis on America's southern border, and the $1.9 trillion COVID relief bill, which the left pushed. And uh, indeed, we found out later on that it was just 8.5% of the bill's $1.9 trillion cost of the COVID relief bill went directly to addressing the problem. Governor Bryant, what is the state of our union and where do we stand on the basics, the foundational principles outlined in the First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, the freedom of speech in this climate of big tech censorship and cancer culture, and concerns about the future of religious freedoms in America, specifically as we reflect on this religious season, Judaism Passover period, remembering Exodus from Egypt and Christianity's Easter, reflecting on the life and teachings of Christ, both with roots in Israel. We are absolutely right. We are at a, a crossroads is where we're at, Natasha and Joel, in the United States. You're right. Now, the vaccines are working, but at what point does the federal government mandate not only that you have a vaccine, but that you have proof of that before you can enter public buildings, before you can go into a sports stadium or event or a restaurant. Where does the authority exist there? Now, President Biden has issued executive orders. Every president does, but this is almost unprecedented, the number and the type of executive orders. We see where he's done away with the Trump position on the border of maintaining those individuals in Mexico, of making sure that they had the legitimate right to flee from their country to the United States, were they being oppressed? Were they in danger? Were their religious rights being violated? Were their political rights being violated? Are they refugees? Are they individuals just seeking to violate our federal laws and cross our borders? So the executive order issued by President Biden, I believe in his first day, eliminating the Trump policy on the border, stopping the building of the wall, certainly exacerbated. They increased, if you will. It was a welcoming message to everyone in Central South America and Mexico to come, come to the United States. We're going to stop the wall. We're going to stop the security. And in fact, they did. If you look at it just now, 18,000 migrant children, 18,000 children are in custody. And we were ill-prepared for that. So these children are being kept, as they described them, under the Trump administration in cages. They're sleeping on floors, one atop another. We just are not prepared for what has happened. I just saw today where a member of the Texas Rangers, uh, perhaps Border Patrol also, assisted in recovering and saving a six-month-old child that had been thrown into the river. The coyotes that are bringing these children here are ruthless. And so they're being brought in as their parents are paying for these children. Other stories of a one and three and five-year-old child holding hands that came to a border agent and found him and there were no parents and he was unable to identify any adults that were with him. This is a humanitarian crisis at the largest level, created by an executive order that eliminated the Trump position 
on the border. Again, our founding fathers established executive, judicial, and legislative branches, separate but equal branches. So the President of the United States could not go about establishing laws that may be interpreted by the judiciary. That executive official could not pass legislation and say, this is the authority of the separate legislative branch, but after executive order will pass a bill, I will determine what the laws of the state, I will interpret the Bill of Rights. And so you see a breakdown whenever that starts happening. It does not matter. President Lincoln did away with the habeas corpus. Now, he was fighting a civil war, but there are now the constitutional scholars that still argue whether or not Abraham Lincoln had the right to do away with habeas corpus, arrest people without a trial, and try them or sentence them without a trial. So now we look at any time a president uses the executive power to take control of the legislative and judiciary branch, you are going to have difficulties. We are having difficulties because that appears to be what the Biden administration has been doing. And they are suffering the consequences on the border. They will be suffering the consequences, I think, with the deficits, the national debt that now has reached $28 trillion, trillion dollars, numbers that we can barely comprehend, that we never, never dreamed would occur, $1.9 trillion deficit. So this is a debt. So they'll be just printing money to try to cover this and to go along with that, announcing a $4 trillion infrastructure package that I'm sure will be chock full of social engineering to say, these are the people you must hire if you're building a bridge or, or a highway. This is how many of this particular segment of my identity that you must have on this job. These are certainly some of the more radical positions that they have regarding how we go about determining what environmental statutes would be followed if you're going to build a bridge. And we certainly all care and love our land, water, and air. We all believe in that, but you can take anything to an extreme and when you've got a, an infrastructure bill that is just right for that opportunity, we will see how this president and this legislative leadership uh, in the House and Senate will respond. Governor Bryant, America's founding fathers were brilliant in creating the founding documents over 240 years ago, enumerating people's rights and abetting protections from the encroachment by the omnipotent federal government. And the U.S. Constitution is as valid and relevant today as it was in 1789. And it appears that the Biden administration and the U.S. Congress, through executive orders and legislation, want to get rid of the U.S. Constitution and are on a crusade to eliminate the consent of the governed, the First Amendment, which is the freedom of speech, the Second Amendment, the freedom to bear arms, the Tenth Amendment, and the state rights, to mention just a few. Most recently, Democrat lawmakers announced that they will eliminate the filibuster. Uh, Governor Bryant, what would your advice be to our fellow citizens and voters who are anxious about these developments? I would say go on today. If you have a search engine, and most everyone now has a phone that has a search engine, or, or go to a restaurant that has Wi-Fi and access the First Amendment, just put in the Bill of Rights, and it'll bring it up. There's so many wonderful sites out there. And just read, if you will, the First Amendment. It is remarkable. In this one sentence, it says that they shall have no laws establishing a religion. Now, some people believe that the 
The media now thinks that global warming and climate change is a religion, but you can't establish that as religion or you can't prohibit the free exercise thereof. So I have a right to exercise my freedoms. I can pray in school as long as I'm not involving a teacher or an administrator, as long as I'm not disrupting the class. This one sentence says Congress shall make no laws respecting establishment of a religion or prohibiting the free exercise. We can't abridge the freedom of speech or the press or the right of the people to peacefully assemble. You can peacefully assemble or to petition the government for redress of grievance. That one sentence. So let's just see what we're doing now. As we said earlier, the freedom of speech, particularly in social media, which is the common method nowadays, it seems, of having to express your political, religious, and conservative or liberal position. And social media is now saying we will decide what your freedom of speech will be. We, we will cancel the president of the United States. We won't allow certain people to come and make speeches on college campuses. So the freedom of speech is being withered away. The freedom of religion, we passed a Religious Freedom Act here in Mississippi, I believe in 2014, and my goodness, protests, the screaming, the gnashing of teeth, because they thought somehow we were going to take someone's rights away. We were sued. I was sued as governor. It was later dismissed in the federal court. The freedom to peacefully assemble. If you are Antiva and you want to go and burn down buildings and violate laws, that seems to be fine. No less authority than the vice president of the United States will help bail you out of jail for committing those crimes. Well, let's just face it. If you are a conservative organization that wanted to peacefully protest, and you would be called all sorts of names. You would be immediately white supremacist. Uh, you would be under threat of indictment. Local mayors, in particularly liberal cities, would more than likely try to have you arrested. So there's a different set of standards of that freedom of assembly that we now see. And we just have to admit that that's going on in this country. Anyone that doesn't believe that is out of touch with reality and the freedom of the press. Uh, the president of the United States during his press conference said, I will allow you to see the holding areas of these children when I am prepared to do so. When I, I say that the press can have the freedom to cover that story, I will allow you to do so. That's a clear violation of the First Amendment right of the press. And what's frightening about this is much of the press said, yes, sir. You are right. You can take away our freedoms as members of the press, and we will allow you to do so. These are perilous times. Indeed, uh, Governor Bryant, on the issue of the humanitarian and national security crisis on America's southern border, for the first time now we're beginning to see these images. As you rightfully mentioned, the media was being blocked to going to visit some of these facilities. Robert Arnold, an investigative reporter for KPRC2 in Houston, writes, I quote, In April of 2020, CPB reported apprehending 17,000 immigrants. By February of 2021, that number swelled to 100,441, that a record number of 117,000 unaccompanied children are expected at the U.S.-Mexico border without a parent or guardian in the year 2021, with the federal government abdicating its responsibility to protect America's southern border. What do you see as the role of states, governors, and legislators? legislators in addressing this issue and this crisis on America's southern border. 
Well, of course, governors have their first responsibility as public safety. When I was governor, I realized every day that to protect the lives and property of Mississippians was my first responsibility. Working with state police, working with federal authorities, working with local police and sheriffs, whether it's a, a disaster, a, a Hurricane Katrina, or whether it's tornadoes, or whether it is someone entering your state to do harm to others. And as we see this migration, this great migration shift that is occurring along our southern border, we know that a large portion of that, larger than the American population, is infected actively with COVID. So they are bringing COVID, this deadly virus, which we have been restricted. We were told, stay in your homes, don't go to restaurants, don't go to shopping areas, movie theaters. You are being restricted. Wear masks. Even I saw, as we talked about religious freedoms, the Jewish religious community in New York, if they had more than 10 people worshiping in their home, they were being arrested. But now, somehow all of that has gone away. And by the federal government is now saying, even if you have COVID, if you're a super spreader, come on in. We will allow you as an adult to leave these holding areas. If we find out that you look young, but you're 18, we'll allow you to go wherever you want to across the United States. Governors have to realize that when those individuals are coming into your state and they are active super spreaders with COVID, you have to protect the individuals that are citizens of Mississippi, citizens of Michigan, citizens of California. We do not have time now to determine these individuals are criminals. So we see the 18,000 children that tears at our hearts. Can you imagine someone tossing a six-month-old child into the Rio Grande and not saying this is a crisis? And think about this. How many do not make it? So we are seeing the 18,000 children, 100,000 individuals that make it. How many are dying on the way? How many are being trafficked on the way? How many are being held in sex trafficking opportunities for coyotes in Mexico and South America. See, we don't even know that because the press is not allowed to report that. So we, we see a horrific human humanitarian tragedy on our southern borders that we seem to be doing nothing about just now. Now, our, our courageous men and women of the Border Patrol, I've been down there in 2019. I went with our National Guard to Mississippi. I flew in a helicopter, saw the reality, was on horseback. I met men and women of the U.S. Customs and Border Patrol. There's no better public servant than the men and women of the Border Patrol. 120 just now are being used to help monitor the children and see after the children. So those are 120 that we had to take off the front lines and put in to uh, manage the, the restrictions that are being placed on children. How do we go about identifying whether or not a parent is really a parent? So if someone comes up and says, that's my one-year-old child, that's my two-year-old, how do we know that? This is an horrific situation that is ongoing, and all of America must stand up, particularly governors who are protecting their own borders and exercise their executive and legislative authority to stop this horrific situation that is occurring on our borders. Thank you, Governor Bryan, for your clear insights and principal ideas in addressing the challenges of our day. We thank you for your principal leadership. Thank you, Governor Bryan. Absolutely. Honored to be here and always look forward to returning. Thank you, Joel and Natasha. We wish you and our listeners a blessed Easter. A blessed Easter. 
We will be in church on Sunday morning, bright and early, and enjoy that very special day. Uh, he is risen. This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting's two FM radio stations in Michigan and the Midwest and Supertalk Mississippi Media's 12 radio stations in the South. We thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I'm Jolan and Sami, your co-host, joined by Natasha Serdorch, economist and co-founder of the International Leaders Summit, and our distinguished guest host, Governor Phil Bryant. America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C. brings together leading voices from business, government, media, technology, and the public policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, and Fireside. Visit iLeadersSummit.org. iLeadersSummit.org.